0: Turn, if you would, to uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Last week, we talked about what to do when all hell breaks loose. (laughs) Anybody ever uh, felt like that in your life? What to do when all hell breaks loose. I just want to tell you today that um, I just... I feel like the power of God's going to move and manifest itself in a way that's not necessarily in your box of thinking, and. Um... There may be some joy that breaks loose. There may be some, and that's okay. You feel the joy of the Lord come on you. You know, a lot of people, they don't, they don't understand the joy of the Lord. They think it's crazy. They think it's nuts. Oh, this is a place of reverence. When I'm laughing because of the goodness of God and God's breaking stuff off of me in my life, the best thing I can do is reverence him by receiving what he's pouring out, right? I was listening to Pastor Rodney recently tell a story about a guy that he knew, and the guy uh, went on to have several businesses and he made like three hundred million a year. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Maybe I should talk. This side is this side. Yeah, <laughs> three hundred million a year he made. Right. All right, and that. A lot of times, you know, we have choke points in our thinking, and uh, maybe I just hit one. But uh, anyway, he, uh, we need to break those choke points off of our life, Amen. right? The Lord wants to do great and mighty exploits through you, but he can't do it if you have a poverty mindset. If you have a poverty mindset or the ceiling is set. And so when I say that, you ought to be like, glory to God, right? Glory to God. God can do that to me. Do you believe God can do that to you? Yeah. Even if you don't just say, well, at least I recognize I need to get there in my thinking, right? I need to, I need to open up because you think God's limited to that. No, we want what's His normal. We want what's coming out of His heart, out of His mind. See, that's what's held back a lot of the churches. They've, they've stuck in their thinking and what the world's taught them to think instead of actually looking at who God is and what's capable inside of Him. Because what's capable inside of Him, it's hard to put words to. Three hundred million in one person making that, that's nothing to the Lord. It's just the people that will receive it. Anyway, back to where I was going. Amen. That was a free little mini message. And back to where I was going. He he said this guy, he was talking to him and he he makes now because the Lord gave him some businesses and he honored the Lord on on the way. And then after he got there, he said he said he he gave me some businesses that are making me three hundred million. And Pastor Rodney said, How how did that happen? He said, How did that take place? He said, Well, it took place in one of your meetings. He said, He said You laid hands on me, he said, and I was on the floor, and I was knocked out in the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, during that time, God gave me the blueprints to build all these companies. Now, that was a meeting where many people with a religious mindset would look at it and say, that's crazy, that doesn't make sense, that's irreverent. But yet, while he was on the floor, God was giving him the blueprint. In the In the midst of what man might call chaos, the work of the Lord was happening in him. The love of God was being poured out. See, we've got to get outside of our box and let the love of God do what the love of God wants to do. And so I think that... There'll be some manifestations this morning and, and the rest of this month. I just believe that He's going to be manifesting in your life and not just on Sunday morning, even while you're, while you're at work and even while you're at home. I believe that the glory of God's going to visit you in your house. Amen? Glory to God. Amen. I receive it. Just say this with me say, I'm not leaving here today the same. I'm going, out I'm going out different. Raised up. Raised up blessed. blessed free. free. Amen. I believe you. Amen. I believe you. Amen. So a lot of times people, they don't understand everything the Lord does. But doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that make sense that it doesn't make sense? <laughs> because God's bigger than you're thinking. His normal is bigger than you. Praise God, if it did all make sense to you, well, you'd be God. But you ain't, and I'm not either. If, all, if everything God did made sense to you, then you would understand Him completely, and you would be Him. But you're not. And because of that, He's going to do things that fall outside of your box, outside of your norm. Glory to God. God. Because if I could do everything I needed to do, well, my life would just be hunky-dory now. And it's not. I I still got some work to do in me. And I need some problems fixed. And I need some increase that I don't have at the present in my hands. I need the power of God and fire of God flowing in me. And because he's bigger than me and does things outside of me, then that gives me room to grow. Praise God, he's bigger than me. Praise God he's bigger than you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God he's larger than your life. Yeah, glory. Put your hand back up there. Glory to God. Fire of God be in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Sultana yo or este. Kuma ya tebe dobo. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your love. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Father. Bring him up here, right here. So Baba ba 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 Thank you, Lord. Fire. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you. Burn them. Burn in them. Lord, give them, the <laughs> give them the plan. Give them the plan. Give them the plan. Give them the blueprint. In Jesus' name, give them the blueprint. So <laughs> promosul. <laughs> Give them the blueprint. See, the same God that flows through Pastor Rodney is the same God that flows through you. Same God that flows through me. You think He's a respecter of persons? No, He loves you just the same. But here's the thing. He moves through people differently according to their obedience. He moves through people. They're blessed. Lord, we choose to be a people that humble ourselves to you today so that you can move through us the way. That you want us to move, the way that you want us to move. Thank you, Father. We're not done. I'm gonna pray again. Come here, Brandon. Just, just right there. I'm not even. I'm just gonna give you a word. I think. <laughs> Part of the issue that's been going and going and going and going is that he's calling you to places that you can't see and you don't even understand yet. And there's a confrontation between the world and what it's taught you and what he wants to do. And he's going to clear all that up and he's going to show you how to move in it because he doesn't want you just moving in just little bits of him. He wants you to move you in the great bits of him. He wants to move you in the fullness of what he's called you to. And it's time for you to... To say I am who God's called me to be. It's time for me to be that person. Just like it's time for everybody that's in here. But particularly, he's talking to you today. And that's part of why he wanted you here. I didn't know I was going to say this to you. But it's time for you to say, Lord, I can see that you want things done in me. I can see that you want things done in me. And and man, even ministers, have not stood up to the fullness of what you've known was right. Even ministers have not stood up. I haven't stood up to those to the levels that you've held. You haven't stood up to those levels. But that does not take away from the power and the love of God and what He wants to move in you. Father, move in Him, in His love and in His might. Lord, anything that's in Him... Burn out all of it that's not of you. Show him how to walk in your fullness by your heart in Jesus' name. Fire of God, be in Jesus' name. Fire of God, burn in his belly in the name of Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Now, he has set forth standards in his word that you're not going to get around. You're not special enough to break his word. (laughs) Amen. You're not special enough to break his word. There's standards he has for you. Are you warm? Yeah. Amen. (laughs) I feel it. There's standards in his word that are going to move. Show you how to get into those high places. But you don't just get there just by saying, oh yeah, do it to me. You, you get there by diligently going after not getting weary and well doing. And if you'll not get weary and well doing, He will produce the fullness of fruit that He desires for you in due time. He will exalt you. He will lift you name high above the nations of the earth and kings will come to the glory of his rising his light in you in jesus name thank you father and i know you just received a word and it was bigger than probably even you realize at this moment but this message i'm about to preach is still for you amen and all y'all tell all y'all too amen Amen. Glory to God. So last week we talked about what do you do when all hell breaks loose. Anybody, anybody ever said, you know, you ended up here on Sunday morning, you know, with, with your face to the ground and, and your heart to the sky and, and you think, man, I did it. I chose God. I'm doing awesome. It's a great day. It's going, it's going to be great. It's going to be the best week ever. you high-fiving people going out to church. It's just great. And then like Sunday, 1.30 comes. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like all hell broke loose. What happened? What's going on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Anybody ever had a week like that? Anybody? It was this week. (laughs) There's a few. I know. That's why I'm preaching this message. He told me a couple weeks ago. He said, I want you to preach this message. I thought I chose you, Jesus. I thought you were on my side. He is on your side. He empowers you to go through it. Like it wasn't even there. Matter of fact, a lot of times the more attention you give to it, the more power it has over you. If we just give attention to Him, we'll be alright. And keep our eyes on Him. Remember the storm. Peter walked right on top of the waves. He walked right on top of the waves. Until he took his eyes off of Jesus. He trusted Jesus. And then he started looking at the storm and the waves and the wind, and he started trusting that. Started trusting what he could see. This Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with everything that you have. Trust in Him. Trust in the Lord. and in all, in, Trust in the Lord and do not lean to your own understanding. What's your understanding? It's what you see. It's what you think. It's what you feel. Praise God, we're not emotion-led beings. Amen. I mean, you might have been emotion led up until I said that just then, but praise God, we are not emotion led beings. We are spirit led people. Glory to God. If that's you, say amen. Amen. But see, a lot of times our emotion, man, our emotions will get us in a ditch quicker than anything. Our emotions, our feelings, I can't tell you how many times I've stood up on Sunday morning and I have not felt like preaching a word. It's been a lot, more than y'all want to know about. (laughs) But praise God, we're not led by our feelings. One time I remember uh, Joyce Meyer was telling a story. She was she was uh, in a service and she was preaching. And she said it might as well have been preaching to a brick wall because it felt like nobody was receiving everything. There was so much resistance. And uh, she was getting mad at the people. I understand that sentiment. I've been there before myself more than I want to count. And she was getting upset at the people. Why aren't you receiving from me? Is what she was thinking in her head. Lord, that these people don't receive. This, this is a horrible service, right? She's thinking these kind of thoughts. And then, you know, you have a tendency as a minister to look at the people and say, well, it's their fault if they just come in with some expectation, everything work out all right. If they just get their mind off of the the stuff out there, well, it's like preacher, if you get your mind off the people, you might preach right, right? But in right in the middle of that, she was saying, this is this service is going horrible. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit, spoke to her and said, If you don't break through this, you're going to lose this service. And instantly she realized, this is under my authority. It's my responsibility to break through what I feel. Lean not to your own understanding. What do you understand about your problem right now? You don't have enough money? You're not feeling good? Things aren't going your way? It says lean not to your own understanding. Don't lean to what you see. Don't lean to what you feel. Don't lean to what you think. Don't lean to the understanding that you have. Don't lean to your emotions. What does it say to do? Trust in God. In all your ways acknowledge Him. In all your ways, so I'm I'm going through life. I'm going through life, and all of a sudden, you know, I have this this boundary come up in front of me. This roadblock. This this hurdle to jump in life. And I've got to say, look, that may be a hurdle and it looks like I can't clear it, but in God, I can clear it in God. We can obliterate this, this roadblock, right? And so if I'm going to acknowledge him in all my ways, then I'm going to bring knowledge of him into the situation bigger than I'm going to receive knowledge from the roadblock. You see that? I've got to acknowledge Him. I've got to say, me plus God equals we can do all things through Christ. Me plus God equals I can do all things. If I'll be obedient to Him. I can do it all. I can do all things. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. He'll set up the path. He'll get you there the quickest. A lot of times we don't get there the quickest because we don't acknowledge him along the way. We don't, we're not obedient to what he's leading us to do. We're not doing those things. And all of a sudden we'd step out of that plan, out of that path. I told you last week uh, we talked about what to do when all hell breaks loose. What do you do? What do you do? And then we went over the story. You remember where the guys were worshiping God? And the, the bad king basically came in there and slaughtered them at the altar. And their blood mixed with the blood of idols at the altar. And Jesus was asking the question. He said, and you, who, do you, who do you think sinned more? Right? Did they sin more than other people? Then, then he says, what about the tower of Siloam that fell on those guys? Did they sin more? And then we talked about where the, the uh, man that was crippled, I believe, Oh, excuse me, blind, he was blind from birth. And it says it, over in John chapter 9, and it said, the disciples asked him, they said, who sinned, this man or his parents? And you notice that, that Jesus didn't really answer the real question that was being asked. Because the real question that's being asked by us is how and biggest one is why. Why are these things happening? There has to be cause and effect. There has to be something like it. Why is this happening? Why? And you notice that Jesus did not really answer that question. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, In the message I read it to you, it said, You're asking the wrong question. And, and he finishes that in John 9, 3 in the message. Look instead... For what God can do. Look for what God can do. What is that saying? The issue was trust. No matter what you face. Trust God. Trust Him. But pastor you don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to. I know the answer. Trust God. It doesn't matter how big or how small the answer is. Trust Him. Because when trust gets involved, you go back to this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. You have a promise from God. When I trust Him, He will clear the way. He'll clear out the hell in your life. He'll clear it out. He'll clear it out. Miss Montrose last week, she was telling me, she was like, Brian, I'm just having some issues with that. She comes up to me this morning. She said, I had a great week. Man, the Lord cleared out stuff. Is that right? Amen. He'll clear it out. The power of God will clear out stuff in your life. He'll help you. Then we looked at Job. Remember Job? He's doing good. He think, I mean, he's by God's own admission, Job's a good guy. He's a mature man in the Father. Then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. I'm convinced the power of restoration happened in chapter 1 of Job, where it says, basically what Job's saying is, I do not understand how all hell broke loose. I don't understand why all hell broke loose is here. I don't understand this, but here's what I understand. I'm going to hit my knees. And Father, it he says he hit his knees and worshiped God. In other words, what's he saying? Lord, I don't know why, but I trust you. When all hell breaks loose, you got to find the trust in the Lord. And that is the answer. There's other things that you can do, but that's the number one thing. You got to trust in God. We have seen more solutions come simply because we turned our trust to the Lord when it looked crazy to do so. When it looked nuts to do so. Trust in the Lord. Then all of a sudden, you know, Job, he hits his knees. He worships God. You know, you, all right, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. You know, face to the ground, heart to the Lord. And all of a sudden, he steps back into the next week. And whammo, guess what happens? Now he gets sick. The rest of everything else he has destroyed. And to go along with all that, his beautiful spouse, says, curse God and die. She's a peach, I'm telling you. I don't know why I thought about you, Chris. In Life Group the other day, what happened? He was talking about Job having a spouse. He he want some separation. (laughs) That's all right. He goes He goes, I can relate. And everybody's like, ooh, ooh. Rachel's going to get him. I can relate. He was messing, of course. I'm helping you. Mercy. Everybody just lift your hand towards Chris. Mercy and grace in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive him. He knows not what he does. Amen. Here's Job, and you know, he just gave his heart to the Lord. He worshipped God. He he went through an action of trust, and then all of a sudden he gets even sicker. His wife is telling him, Just curse God and die. I mean, isn't that supportive? (laughs) Isn't that just lifting him up? Doesn't he feel uplifted? Then he goes on at the end of the chap at the end of the book, chapter forty two. He says this about Lord. He didn't understand everything that was happening. It, it looks like Job and in that time period, they didn't even really understand who the devil was. They didn't even understand him. You can see that in several scriptures. But in the end, he thought God did all that. You know, which is why he said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. He was saying that in ignorance. And, you know, People take it because they don't know who God is and sing it in a song. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> That's not right, is what I'm saying. That's why we don't sing that song. But then he says, "I, I spoke wrong things about you." Job says that, and then he forgives his friends, and all of a sudden he is he is completely blessed, twofold over what he ever was before. But what did it? What was the root of that answer? What did it come back to? Lord, I trust you. Though you may slay me. He basically says, I trust you. Even if you killed me, I trust you. And we find that back in the garden again, we talked about it again. Back in the garden, what's basically going on? Trust. God says, don't eat of that tree. The day you eat of it, you'll die. Satan comes in. What does he bring up? Will you really die? Will you really die? What's he, what's he questioning? Do you really trust God? Is he really who you think he is? See, it's been the same question since the beginning of time. Will you trust God? Turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. I'm just starting at verse 1. Abraham had believed God for quite some time for a son. He had believed the Lord. Finally, his son gets here the promise of God. The promise of God. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. What? 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 God, you're the one who gave me this boy. You're the one who gave me the promise. Go kill him? What? I never thought that I would be able to relate to Abraham. And then one day uh, the Lord put me in a position and he gave me vision for ministry. And man, that vision, it came inside of me and, and I had life. This was before boomerang. I, had, I have received life from that vision. I, I believed that the Lord was going to take that vision and turn it into something beautiful. And then, then things changed. And all of a sudden, I found myself in the place where the Lord said, Now, I want you to take that vision. And I'm like, the one that you gave me. And he says, I want you to take that vision and kill it. Now, the reason was because I was still in a ministry and I was not leading the ministry. And you can't be in a place where you have two visions. That's called division. There was somebody leading the ministry who wasn't me. And whether or not I was supposed to be there or not, my call Was to not be there wrongly and not be in the place of division. And God said, you cannot do godliness by staying in this place and leaving two visions. You've got to kill your vision. I'm going to tell you what. That took me about a year of paying attention to it, focusing on it to make that happen. But I'm, I'm saying, Lord, the thing that you gave life to inside of me, now you're asking me to kill it? Yes. Now, if you got questions about all that? I can give you details outside of this. It's not what the message is about. But all of a sudden, I found myself taking the very thing that God had breathed life into and having to kill it. And I didn't understand it. And it hurt. And I did, it didn't feel good. I, I, but I knew it was right. I knew it was the Lord. I'm telling you, it hurt my heart. But then afterwards, I found out that I was sowing something. And I was receiving a harvest off of that. And it was 100% the right thing to do. I had to give up what I thought. So that I could be obedient and humble and submitted to the place where God had planted me. No matter what I thought. Well, what was I doing? I was also sowing seeds. Abraham was sowing seeds. I'll tell you about in a second. But I was sowing seeds for a future ministry where people would be able to get into unity and and break away from division. I was sowing the seeds of breaking division in boomerang when it was time. God had me planting seeds of that in another man's ministry. Isn't that awesome? Man, we're reaping the fruit of that today. And it will continue to reap the fruit of that. Praise God, he asked me to do it. Not to mention I'd have been in all-out uh, uh, rebellion had I kept it. Right. Because you can't, you can't try to walk inside of another vision carrying your own. It doesn't work like that. You might become a part of that vision, or but it's one vision. Otherwise, you have division. So he says, Abraham... Here's here's the boy that you gave life to me. Now I want you to take him and kill him. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. You see, he didn't wait. He didn't wait. He did, the next morning. He got up early. Let's get let's get on with this. Not playing around. This is why he's the father of faith, man. He just, faith without works is dead. He took action on what he believed. And you're going to find out that Abraham believed God in a way that's amazing. It's awesome. So he rose early, saddled his donkey, and two of the young men with him, Isaac his son. He split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place where God had told him. On the third day, (laughs) Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place. From a distance. Now I just want to give you this before we read any further. I'm going to go back and read that verse. This is a picture of Jesus. And Abraham sows his son on behalf of humanity. So that humanity might receive the son as the fruit. This is why Abraham had to do this. Abraham had to give his son in his heart. And he sowed his son. His son was sown in death through his heart. But once his heart was completely given, God was able to stop it. Y'all know the story. But with that in mind, continue reading. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and... I will worship and return to you. No, we will worship and return to you. This was faith talking. You have to understand, Abraham was going to kill his boy. But you'll read over in Hebrews 11, it says that he believed that God was able to raise the dead. Even if, even if he killed them, he believed that God would bring him back to life. And so Abraham, saying, before he even goes to the mountain to sacrifice them, he says, I and the lad will go and we will return. This is faith talking. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took it in his hand, the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. Abraham spoke to Ab- Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, "My father." He said, "Here I am, my son." He said, "Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, "God will provide for himself." the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. In the King James, it says, God will provide himself a lamb. In other words, he's saying, God. He's, this is prophecy to when Jesus was coming, saying, God will provide. There will be a lamb made for all sacrifice. There'll be a lamb. Not only that, it's setting up the character and nature of God. We're talking about trust And he's saying, no matter what you face, no matter what you see, God will provide. I remember Keith Moore in the series, Prosperity Basics. He says this, you need to have these words on your lips. God will provide for me. Make it personal. God will provide for me. Say it with me. God will provide for me. God will provide for me. Amen. See, this needs to come up in you when you see lack. When you see the need for provision. When you see all hell breaking loose. This is what the words of faith will say and confess. God will provide for me. It needs to be personal in you. Multiple times we'll face something. We'll say, how's this going to work out? have no idea. But God will provide for us, for me. Why? Because that's his nature. That's his character. Dad, where's the offering coming from? (laughs) God will provide. So the two of them walked on together. Verse 9. Then they came to the place which God had told them, and Abraham built the altar there, and arranged the wood, and bound his son Isaac, and laid him on the altar... On the top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide as it is said to this day. In the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Now... Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham and a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, indeed I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore and your seed shall shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations shall be blessed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So what is it? Notice there that Abraham was about to have to suffer because of the situation that he was in. When all hell breaks loose in your life and you're about to suffer, you need to make sure that out of your heart comes this yelling, this screaming, this confession. God will provide for me. I trust Him. In all my ways, I trust Him. In all everything I see, I will not acknowledge what I see and understand. I will acknowledge Him. I trust Him. And just the same way that He met for Abraham, and He met Abraham's need, and it didn't cost Abraham, it won't cost you either in Jesus' name. It won't cost you when all hell breaks loose. Matter of fact, you'll go forward because all hell broke loose. You say, fine, you'll start to come to this idea. Okay, Lord, uh, fine. The devil wants to try this. Great. All he's doing is increasing me. All he's doing is increasing me because God will provide. The devil, the thief, has to repay according to the Word. All you're doing is you're increasing me. Try to steal this. Try to steal that. Glory to God. I know what Scripture says. The thief must repay All you're doing, devil, is increasing me and causing me to praise God more. Because as the increase comes, and even before it comes, I trust the Lord and I will worship Him. Amen? Amen. Lord, I praise You. I worship You. All of a sudden, when when all the attacks start to cause you to praise, (laughs) you've hit a new level. You've hit a new level. Glory to God. The Lord's about to get something out of this. My family is rising up in Jesus' name. But what had to happen? What was it that caused Abraham to receive? Trust in God. When all the questions abound, when hell tries to break loose in your life, what do you do? You trust. In God. You trust him. Turn with me. Hebrews eleven seventeen 17 through 19. It's on your notes. You can look it up where, where uh, Abraham says, He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, with which he also received him, Isaac, back as a type. And See, here's, here's what we understand, is that Isaac's heart was fully invested in trust in the Father. And when we will get to that place, remember we talked about it last week in Revelation 12, it says, um, or maybe it wasn't last week, but you're going to hear it now, amen. And they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their life to the death. What that part means, that last part, so many people leave that off. They always just quote the, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. But they leave the third condition off. They love not their life to the death. When you get that, therein is the key to receiving the fullness of overcoming the devil. Because they lay their life on the line in full trust of God. And they will not remove themselves from the victory that the blood has bought. They won't remove their life from the confession and the trust. They will stick, they will stand, and they'll put their life on the line as a means of their trust. This is how you overcome so many people, they want to quote the blood of the Lamb, the word of the, their testimony. They, they'll even get a hold of the word of their testimony is the spirit of prophecy. And the word of Christ is that spirit of prophecy where they'll say, Look, I am healed in Jesus' name. And that will be their confession. That will be their testimony. By the blood of Jesus, by His stripes, I am healed. So they'll have the blood. They'll have the word of their testimony. But they won't stand. They love their life more then they feel like trusting God. And so what happens is they'll make that confession, they'll stand on the blood for a little bit, but as the pressure continues to mount on them, they'll back off of that and then they'll just go do it the world's way. But if they will stand and they love not their life unto the death, they will be an overcomer. This is a promise for, of God. In other words, they have conviction. That I can trust God. conviction that I can trust Him. They have conviction that the Lord is trustworthy. They have conviction He's worthy of all my trust. Glory to God. Turn to uh, Luke 23:46. When all hell breaks loose. We've got to trust him. This is a little piece in here in the word. That a lot of people don't understand. And they don't see. And they don't know what was actually going on. But I want to show it to you. So Luke 23 and 46. The trust of Jesus is what raised him from the dead. The trust of Jesus is what brought him back to life. The trust of Jesus in the Father is what brought him back to life. And if the trust of Jesus in the Father can release resurrection power in his life, the trust of the Father in your life will release resurrection power in you. If you believe it, say amen. 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 Luke 23, 46. Jesus says this. He says, And Jesus, he's on the cross, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. This is the last thing that Jesus said. Now, it's interesting He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. While he was on the cross, he said a number of things. This is the very last thing that he said. Right before this, it appears that he said, it is finished. And then right before that, he said, uh, let me read it to you. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. This is Matthew 27, 46. And that is, my God, my God, why Have you forsaken me? So now I just want to point out something to you. Here he says, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then he says, it's finished. And then he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Why, if he's not his father anymore, would he say, Why would He address Him as Father? The Father has now forsaken Him and turned His back on Him. And we know why this happened. Because the Father had to forsake Him so that He could turn and receive us. Jesus sowed His life and even Him being a Father. And He gave that away so that God could be a Father to all of humanity. There was a substitution that took place there. We've been studying that in impact. There's a substitution that took place. But it's interesting that he says, Father, why did you forsake me? Why have you forsaken me? Well, in other words, why have you turned your back on me? And then his next statement, very close, is, Father, into your hands I commend. I thought he had, I thought he had forsaken him. Did he forsake him? Yeah, he did. He had to forsake him. Otherwise, you would be forsaken But he forsook Jesus. Now I want you to think about this. Have you ever in your life been at the place that Jesus was on the cross? Have you ever been in your life at that place? Have you ever been in a place like Job with the fullness of all the pain and suffering that Job took on? No. Have you ever been at the place like Abraham, where all of a sudden, you know, God's asking you to kill the very thing? Probably not, you know, me. I had vision that was like that, but that wasn't Luke. That wasn't my child, that wasn't my son. It wasn't the same level. None of us have been at this position, and yet at each one of these positions, what did we find broke them through? The trust in the Father. The same thing with Jesus. He had been beaten. The stripes had been applied. He, his, his own people had run away. There was only one of the 12 disciples sitting there at the foot of the cross, John. All the rest of them had scattered and run. All of them were sitting there, you know, sitting there watching Jesus from afar, from a safe place, hearing about it later because they weren't there at the cross. They had left him. Peter, Peter, you know the night before, Peter's sitting there going, "Even to death, I'll go with you." That's great, Peter. Where yet? You, <laughs> you know how that makes you feel when you're the one hanging there on the cross. I haven't felt it like that, but I've felt it in other ways. You probably felt that, and that's the moment where we have to say, "Look, all hell's breaking loose." If ever there was a moment where all hell was breaking loose, I would say it was at Calvary. At that cross. Oh, the devil was having his heyday. He was running rampant. He thought he had won for eternity. Praise God he hadn't. But what's the thing that broke Jesus free? Up out of death, hell, and the grave. Trust in the Father. It's a very odd statement that he makes father into your hands. I commit my spirit. And you know what Jesus had that you and I have never faced. You've never been forsaken by the father. You've never felt what it's like. To be completely disconnected from the father. Even if you didn't know Jesus, even if you don't know him now, it rains on the just and the unjust and his grace is turned towards humanity right now. He's not holding the world's sins against them in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We don't know what it's like for the Father to turn his back on us. But yet here's Jesus, all of the weight of the world, the weight of sin, the weight of infirmities, it's all hanging on him. And in the midst of that, the Father turns his back. On Jesus, talk about spiritual death in that moment don't you think that Jesus in that moment could have said y'all don't know what i 'm going through if anybody could have said y'all don't know it could it was Jesus I'm sure he wouldn't have said it in Southern like that, but y'all probably had some word that works. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm going through. If anybody could have said it, it would have been Jesus. And that would have been the greatest of all times to be proof of it. And yet that was not the words that came out of his mouth. The words that came out of his mouth were this. I'm going to rephrase it. Father, even though The world has abandoned me. My own closest people have abandoned me. I've got the weight of the world literally on my shoulders. And now you, at my worst moment, turned your back on me. And they don't know what I'm going through. Nobody there had a clue what was actually happening or the weight that he was actually carrying. Even though all that's going on, Father, you're still my Father. I trust you. Because what he quoted there, he didn't just speak something, he quoted something. He found himself in Scripture before that moment in Psalms 31. Psalms 31 says this, a psalm of David. Jesus had found himself in scripture and he had seen a promise. He had seen something that he could hang his hope on. He had seen a heart that he could trust in. He had seen the goodness of the father that knew that the righteous would never be forsaken. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never. He knew that even though it looked like all hope was lost, God's character and nature was still there. And this is what happened. In Psalm 31, he remembered this. It said, In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, Deliver me. In your righteousness, deliver me. You see, here's the other thing. Jesus was walking in that righteousness too. And he was saying, In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Listen to what Jesus was saying. Rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you, Father, are my rock. You are my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. Jesus was saying all of that with those words. Father, you're that God. You're the Father in Psalm 31. You're the Father that will save me from the net. Although all hell is broken loose this day, you are the Lord that I can put my trust in. And when I trust in you, you will deliver me. You will save me. And you can stand up today and say the same thing. Even though all the hell is broken loose, even though everything has been trying to come against me, even today, I don't have the back of the Father to my face. We have Him facing us with all of His love, the purity of it. In Him is that light, and that light there's no variableness, nor shadow of turning of His love. Father, today, into Your hands I commit my spirit. You will save me. You will save me from the net, from the trap. You will save me. Just close your eyes right now and just say it with me. Just say, Father, into Your hands. We commit our spirit. We trust you. And you will save me. Power of the trap be broken right now in the name of Jesus. The power of all hell be broken loose. Come to nothing. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every evil will fall at your feet. The enemy will come before you one way, but he will flee seven ways. No fiery dart will penetrate the shield of faith. They will all be quenched in Jesus' name in your life. Glory to God. Father, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. I want to give you this. If you look at your handout, you have five things. Brother Jonathan Shuttlesworth recently was doing a teaching on spiritual warfare. And effectively, that's what you're in when all hell's breaking loose, whether you realize it or not. I thought this was a good wrap-up of what you need to do. A lot of people don't realize the importance of some of these things. But he says this, and I just wanted to give you these. You should go over them, meditate on them. But when you find all hell breaking loose, number one, trust God. Trust Him. And then you can take a look at this list and start applying it. Number one, know that the devil has no power. Number one, know that. Know, look at here, Matthew 28 says, Jesus came and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. How much authority is left for the devil? None. If all authority is his, there's none left. The battle is over. The battle is over. Understand, this is what he said, you must understand that the dominion of light over darkness is instant, unquestionable, and sweatless. You must understand that the dominion of light over darkness is instant, unquestionable, and sweatless. The battle is over. Number two, pray to build yourself up. Listen, prayer prayer for the things of God goes like this. You need healing. This is all you do. Has He already healed you? Yes, by His stripes you're healed. Prayer doesn't go like this. Oh God, please heal me. 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 Please, 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 please. please. Heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. Oh God, please please heal me. Please heal me. Please heal me. That's messed up. That's like if Luke came and did that, I'd be like, shut up, <laughs> be quiet, stop it, stop, wake up, that's what God needs to do to some of us, wake up, stop, get your attention, don't you know who I am and what I've done, put on some trust, put on some faith, put on faith. This thing's already done. Praying is not there. That you ask so many times. Oh God, please heal me. Oh God, that's already done. Prayer is this. Father, if there's anything we don't know about, we just ask the Lord. We ask Him. Let our requests be made known to the Lord. You have not because you ask not. Basically, it's talking about things that you don't know if they're the will of God or not. But if He's already let His will be made known, then we move into that and we pray. Lord, I, I thank you for my healing that you've already provided and paid for. That's basically prayer. And every other time you think of it, it's just praising Him. Prayer in spiritual warfare is simply this. It says that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it, you build yourself up. In other words, I'm building myself up. I'm building myself up. I'm building myself up. So that when I come in front of somebody that needs the power of God, or I come into a situation where all hell's breaking loose, the power that's built up inside of me releases, boom! And it handles that issue. It's instant. Intimacy and fellowship with God is to build us up. That's what prayer's for. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm praying out the perfect will of God. So that when all hell tries to break loose in front of me, it doesn't have a right. Just like Jesus when he's in the boat and the storm's raging. All of a sudden the disciples are like, oh, we're going to die, we're going to die. And Jesus comes up on top deck and he says, peace, be still. The power that was on the inside of him was bigger. Why? Because he had spent time with the Lord. The Bible says he went out early in the morning to pray as was his custom. He had spent time building himself up. Building himself up in the power of God. Building himself up. So number one, know that the battle is over. The devil has no power. Two, pray to build yourself up. Three, know and preach the word. The word has an effect. It has an effect. I can't tell you how much freedom I've watched happen over the years as we've preached. And just the word being preached starts to break the bonds off of people. You can see it happening if you know what you're looking at. Just the word being preached starts to bring people to a place. Then four, bear fruit. Be about the Father's business. Not your business. His business. Be about God's business. In in the garden, Adam was about God's business. And God saw the lack and said, Let me bring something to fulfill the lack. It's not good for him to be alone. Let me make woman. Noah, the animals. God brought the animals to them. Abraham, he brought the ram. Jesus, in hell, God brought life. He brought him life, split hell wide open. God will bring you these things when you're about the father's business. What's the Father's business? is on your sheet. Manifest freedom, bear fruit, win souls, baptize people in the Holy Ghost, make disciples, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, etc. Be about bringing freedom. Don't just talk about it. Don't just amen it. You do it. If you get about the Father's business, God is about yours. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He will knock the hell out of your hell. He'll knock it out of the way. Be about His business. And five, praise Him and worship Him. When all hell breaks loose, trust God. Trust Him. Trust Him. Go about spiritual warfare the right way. Build yourself up. Be about his business. Know that this thing is handled. God is the same God that brought resurrection power to Jesus. And he'll bring it to you today. Just pray. Just bow your heads right now. Right now you may be saying... Lord, I just received some of that hell being broken off of my life. If you need some hell broken off of your life, will you just raise your hand so I can see it right now? Keep them up just so I can see everybody. If you've got hell that's trying to invade your life and you want it broken, just raise your hand right now. Amen, I see all those. So right now, if we want hell broken off of our life, what do we do? We trust God. We trust Him in all of His ways. What are His ways? His way is to enter into a fellowship with Him. You see, when we come into the presence of God, hell can't come with us. If it tries, it'll get busted up. So we enter into his presence. How do you enter into his presence? Well, the first step is to trust him. And to commit to Jesus as your Lord. If you've committed before, you recommit. You get rid of everything that's standing in the way of entering the presence of God. And you move into fellowship with Him. I need to be in your presence, Lord. I need to be in your fellowship. So if we trust Him in all of His ways, then we trust His ways of fellowship will do what it needs to do. So we renew our heart to Him. We make the stand. Today, you're my Lord. You're the director of my life, and I will do what you tell me to do, and I'll stop making excuses for not going after you. I'll be about you, I'll be about your business. So, Lord, we trust your ways today. And all of us, all of us, just pray this out loud. Don't pray it in your head, pray it out loud. Make sure your lips know what you're thinking. And pray this. Say, Father, today I trust you. Jesus, I put you on the throne of my heart, never to be removed. You're the Lord of my life, you're my director. You call the shots. And I'll follow them into the blessed places. For every one of your callings leads me to a blessed place. I receive that and am obedient. I've messed up in the past and I'm not messing up anymore. I'm taking you by the hand and I'm putting my sin... On you. You're taking that. And you're disposing of it. I'm not that sinner anymore. My sin killed you. And took you into the grave. And I believe. That Father. You brought Jesus back to life. Through his trust. And Father. Father. By your, word, By your Word, when you raised, Jesus, you raised up Jesus, I am raised with Him today, with him today. And, seated and seated in heavenly places, heavenly places in, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Father, Father fill me, fill me with, your Holy with Your Holy Spirit to walk out, to walk out this, new life, this new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Just keep your head bowed for a second. If you prayed that prayer and you meant business with God today, just raise your hand so I can see it. I needed to pray that. If you prayed it and you meant business, keep it up for a second so I can see everybody. I want to pray for you specifically. I see those. Keep them up. Anybody else? I prayed and I needed that today. I needed to pray that prayer today. Raise your hand real quickly so I can see it. Yes, amen. Father, right now I just ask that you would strengthen them with all might. That their eyes of understanding would be enlightened. That they would see so clearly what is your will and what isn't. And that you would strengthen them with not their might and not my might. But your might, Father. To walk out this life. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen amen let me see the hand.